This is the Clonmel Podcast with Mark Whelan. Bum, 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 bum. Hiya, it's Mark here and welcome to episode 15 of the Clonmel Podcast for this Friday the 27th of November. Happy birthday to my wife, Ornia. It's her birthday today. So, how was your week? Hope it went well, like it did for the Tipperary footballers, Munster champions for the first time since 1935 and on a historic day too. So congratulations from all of us here on the Clonmel podcast. Well done. And also nice seeing Clonmel on the Sunday game with David Power and Charlie McGeever being interviewed after the game at the main guard. Looked amazing. Speaking of seeing amazing things, did you see the black swans on the river shore this week down by the Blue Way? Absolutely beautiful. Well done this week too to the Clonmel Camera Club. They came third out of 29 clubs from all over Ireland in the Irish Photographic Federation National Shield competition. Congratulations, that's a great achievement. And also, have you been downtown yet to see the new Christmas lights in town? They look absolutely amazing. Well done to everyone involved there. Felt very festive when I went down there yesterday for a look, took a few snaps, as me dad would say years ago, and posted them on the Clonmel Podcast Facebook page, just in case you fancy having a look. So, what's coming up this week on the Clonmel Podcast? LGBT and Clonmel Charity Appeal, Job Opportunities for You Too, Festive Windows, Updated Opening Hours for Zero Waste Grocery Store in Anglesey Street, and George Hogg takes us inside St Mary's Church in Mary Street. All this and more, coming up. The Clonmel Podcast. But first, LGBT South Tipperary have launched this year's Christmas Charity Appeal, and they need your help. Here's Jared Sweetman to tell us more. Hi, Mark. Thanks very much for having me on. Yeah, so for the last two years, we have um, organised a charity appeal. We choose a charity within our LGBT group that we can support. And this year, I suppose we were looking with COVID-19, we were kind of, usually we hold a fundraiser, but we couldn't do that due to COVID. So we were looking at what we could do. So what we've decided is to set up a GoFundMe page which is Christmas Charity Fund Appeal, and it's under my name, George Sweetman. And we also are collecting non-perishable goods, so anything like the pins or packets or anything. And then we're going to divide whatever's made, and then we're going to do hampers. So we've chosen three charities. The three charities that we chose are the Clamel Soup Kitchen, CISO, and then CCRC Hampers for Disadvantaged Families. So I suppose they're three worthy charities that... Um, we supported Common Soup Kitchen last year in kind of doing shoebox appeal and that for them. And we've seen firsthand the amount of families and individuals that they support. Um, and I suppose this year, no more than the rest, but I suppose this year there's more families that they're seeing coming in and individuals. And then CCRC Hampers, they donate food cloud um, food to, the, to 25 families, plus 25 families um, each week. And they're going to be doing hampers along with the food bags for Christmas to give them something extra. And then Seesaw, as you know, is for suicide and counselling. And our groups have have used the house in Seesaw for counselling before and they, they provide brilliant service there as well. If anyone would like to donate on our LGBT Plus Health Tipperary Facebook page, the GoFundMe page is on that. It's on my own page, Jared Sweetman. Or you can contact me um, by email or phone on George at clamelcrc.ie or 085-854-1514 and then I can give them more information on it. But I know times are hard as well for, for everyone um, this year. So no matter how small of what the donation is, 
I know to each of the charities it will go a long way in helping them support families this Christmas. Thank you, Gerard. Now, the Enable Island Charity Shop in town have launched their own click and collect service. For more information, have a look on their Facebook page. The Clune Restaurant and Training Centre's Christmas Shop is now open, where you can see a huge range of handmade Clune items to make the perfect Christmas gift this year. They'll have pottery, hampers, cakes and puddings, all available to purchase in the restaurant. And don't forget, they're in Nelson Street. Pop along and want to pick up something for Christmas. Jenny from the Zero Waste Grocery Store in Anglesey Street was on to let us know of their new opening hours. They are Thursday and Friday from 10.30am to 4pm and Saturday, which remains the same, 8.30am to 2pm. And once again, they're in Anglesey Street next to Worldwide Cycles. Are you looking for work? Well, here's a few jobs that might be of interest to you. The Gourmet Butcher at the Showground Shopping Centre have two jobs on offer. They're looking for someone to join their front-of-house team, and also they're looking for a butcher with at least two years' experience. If you're interested, send your CV to info at thegourmetbutcher.ie. That's info at thegourmetbutcher.ie. James Whelan Butchers are also looking to recruit staff. Full-time and flexi-time positions available. Get more information at jameswhelanbutchers.com. That's jameswhelanbutchers.com. The Bunker are also looking to recruit staff for the Christmas season and maybe longer. Just send your CV to thebunkerclonmel at gmail.com. That's thebunkerclonmel at gmail.com. And closing date is next Thursday, December the 3rd. Tesco Clonmel are also looking to recruit staff. Check out the link on the Clonmel COVID-19 Community Help and Support page for more details on that. The Junction in Parnell Street are looking for full-time experienced waiting staff. If you're interested, send your CV to thejunctioncafe18 at gmail.com. That's the junctioncafe18 at gmail.com. And finally, Larry O'Keefe Furniture are also looking for a sales assistant. Check out their Facebook page for more details. If you would like to promote a job on the Clonmel Podcast, here's what you do. Just email Podcast at gmail.com and we'll be glad to give it a mention for you. With decorations for Christmas going up earlier this year, how about some festive window art to really impress your neighbours? Well, Susie Norris will look after you with some excellent painted windows for you at just €20 a window and €30 for large windows and porches. For business windows and more, you can PM Susie through her Facebook page. Staying with Christmas, love this idea from Tipperary County Council Library Service, the Clomer Library is bringing you an extra special Christmas storyline of The Polar Express. It's on Wednesday, December the 23rd at 4pm and available to watch on the Tipperary Library's YouTube and Facebook pages. Now, free parking will be available from 10am in all Clomer Council-owned car parks on each Saturday in December. They will be at Abbey Street, which is the Friary car park, Mary Street Barrier car park included. I gather that's the old Tesco car park. Gordon Place, Mick Delahunty Square, Kickham Street, Key Street Car Park, where's that? Lower Irish Town, which is the Westgate one there, Shoreside off the old Waterford Road Car Park, County Council Car Park, Shore Island, Upper Irish Town in the old St Mary's Church as well. And just be aware that on-street parking charges continue to apply on these dates. So if you park your car on the street, put a ticket on it, otherwise when you come back, You'll have one on yours with a huge fine from the traffic warden. 
The Clonmel Athletic Club are having their AGM on Friday, December the 11th. It's on at Hillview. All registered club members over 17 can attend and all COVID-19 guidelines will be in place. This may be subject to change with the upcoming government announcement. So check out the Clonmel Athletic Club Facebook page for more details. Just keep an eye on that. Now, I mentioned last week on the podcast about the virtual office Christmas party. Well, here's the man himself, Fergal O'Keefe, to tell us more. Basically, I've had a comedy club for 15 years in Clamwell. So I have been a comedy promoter for a long time. So I know all the comedians um, in Ireland. And um, so, you know, as I say, with lockdown, it is spare time on my hand and every cloud is a silver lining. So... Um, I got the idea of doing virtual comedy nights. So mm. for companies, I've been doing a number of comedy nights, say, with four comedians, and it's an hour long. How does it actually work, though, Fergal? So basically on Zoom. So, you know, you have the four comedians on the screen with, with the guests, with the company. It depends on the company. Some companies, you can't see the people, and some you can. Yeah. And then there's four comedians, one with an MC, and then they do like 15 minutes each. And it works really well because... I have a bunch of comedians, but the main four um, work really well together. There's great chemistry. So Dave, great. They're great at sort of interacting among each other. If a company was now saying, you know, it's been a terrible year. I don't want to do this. How did how do they get on board? I, I have an email, which is fergal at loom.ie, and it contacts me through that. So I have a couple of options. Uh, I have options for companies themselves. You know, they have, the, say, an individual company. They have their own uh, show. But also, I do set ones. So on the 18th of December, from 2 to 3, I have, a sh- for smaller companies or smaller firms, they share. So it'll be a number of different companies that can, and which also means they share the cost. I had one from half three to half four, and that's sold out already. So now I'm doing another one from 2 to 3. And, um, you know, so all the companies will be sharing uh, with the comedians. So it, it works really well. Can you hear the other companies, or can you see the other companies? Well, again, it's up to... So for interaction, the more people that the comedians can see yeah. and hear, hear their laughter, the same as live, yeah. um, it, it, the better. But it is up to the companies. So some companies, you, you have the option where you can watch it, but you can't be seen, yeah. or you can watch it and you're muted. So it's up to the company themselves whether how they want to uh, log in. We have the option of them being able to log in and not be seen, or to be seen, you know. And who are the comedians do you have? So I have um, Carl Spain as the MC. Oh, I know Carl, yeah. Yeah, so he's brilliant. And then I've a guy called Patrick Monin who is, again, because of that is virtual now, this is one of my favourite comedians and he's based in London in the UK. So he is, he's, his um, mother is Irish and his, or his father is um, Irish and his mother is Iranian, so he's half Irish, half Iranian, and from Sunderland. And, wow! <laughs> and, and that's a per, that's a great mix for comedy. It is. So we have him, and then we also have a guy called Paul Marsh, who's a fireman by day, and he's very good. And then Fred Cook, who was on Strictly Dancing in, in Ireland, whatever the, whatever the Irish version of that. Oh, Dancing with the Stars, yeah. So um, four comedians, and uh, so it's, it works very well. So that's the Christmas party, and then. You know, they're also do comedy nights as well. And then the same four guys, we also do a thing called team building comedy quiz. So everybody meets the four comedians and we go into four breakout rooms with a comedian in each room. And they do funny questions. The comedians with their, his teams, if there was 10 in each room, 
and they come up with the funniest, most imaginative answers to questions. And then they go back to the main room and I'm the compare picking the winner from the funniest, most um, imaginative. So it's great fun. It does. Uh, lots of interaction. It does sound like great fun. And by God, we need that this time as well. Exactly, exactly. So how can people get in contact again just if they want to sign up for any of these? Yeah, so it is Fergal at loom.ie. And by the way, loving the Travel Tales with Fergal podcast, which is on at the moment. Exactly. But actually, you just read my mind. That's the other other way of contacting me would be at Travel Tales with Fergal on uh, Facebook or Instagram. And yeah, actually, this week is my favourite week. So I've got, I had Polo Canila from the Irish Independent travel editor Mm. um, yesterday. And tomorrow I have a girl called Holly Rubenstein, which is the number one travel podcast in the UK. She's interviewed amazing people like Michael Palin, Rick Steen, Serena Brilliant. And I had a great chat. So both of those are out this week, yesterday and tomorrow. And that's real travel wanderlust. And available, of course, on all podcast platforms. Exactly. Fergal, been a pleasure to talk to you. Thank you very much. And great. Best of luck with everything. Take care. Thank you very much. Take care. Bye. Well done to Mizzoni's Pizza in the wilderness who seem to be feeding most of Clonmel at the moment, which is great to see. They recently sent delicious pizza to feed the staff at the COVID-19 testing centre at Moyle Rovers. Well done, Mizzoni's. Carphone Warehouse at the Poppy Fields are collecting essential items for women's refuge in Clonmel. If you can help, you can drop off your items, including towels, toiletries, hygiene products, etc., to the Carphone Warehouse at the Poppy Fields during opening hours. For more details, go to their Facebook page or, once again, the Clonmel COVID-19 Community Help and Support Facebook page. And now, it's time for this week's interview. I went on location to visit St Mary's Church in Mary Street and George Hogg What's my guide? The Clonmel Podcast. So this week on the Clonmel Podcast, I'm at the Old St. Mary's Church in Mary Street, and I'm joined by former church warden, is that correct? George Hogg. George, we're standing outside the church right now. It's an amazing building, isn't it? It is unbelievable. It's a, it's a place, really, that people of Clonmel don't appreciate. And they should let it, schools should bring their children in here, especially young children, and be taught be taught history of the church, being shown different things here. But they, now, as far as we're concerned, we're as Catholic as the Catholics are. But I grew up a Catholic, and if I came inside the church gate when I was going to school, now that's going back over 60s, nearly 70 years ago, I had to go to confession to tell a priest I was in here. Why? It was a mortal sin to come in here. Because you're a Catholic? Because I was a Catholic. I'd born in hell for coming inside the church yard. You are smoking a bit right now. Better stand back. <laughs> well, don't mind that. I, I'm f- pretty hot at the moment now with the, with the weather that we're getting on When was the church built? This church was built around 1220, around that time. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. It's 800 years old, roughly. Can we take a look inside? Yeah. We can, to be sure. Wow, yeah, I'm excited yeah. about this. We're going yeah, in for the gates. Really but this church had... Uh, it was a Catholic church, it was a Puritan church, it was uh, a Protestant church, all different de- different denominations. But during the times of all the different denominations that were here, they all came and had their services here. There were no arguing or fighting among them. Like what's going on with the Protestants and Catholics, as God forgive me for saying, in Northern Ireland. Exactly, yeah. It didn't happen down here. Wow. They, all, they all got on with one another. And that was it. Okay, we're going to go in. Yeah, okay. In for the door, here we go. Yeah. 
Oh my God, this is absolutely beautiful. So we've just come inside the door. We're into a big old room on the right-hand side. What is this area? This is the vestry. It's the old vestry. That's what it's called then. But at that time, even when the British soldiers were here, they actually, some of them slept here in this part of the floor and as well as upstairs. Now, this, this is not used anymore. This was used eventually. We started using this as for the morning prayer for the children. That's what we used this for. But other than that, it's not used for anything at all. They just, we keep it clean as possible. And it would make a lovely place for a coffee, a small coffee room. You could, you could do that very easily. Could, yeah. And if people could come in and have a cup of coffee and walk around, take yeah. a walk around the church, around the churchyard, around the church area, the whole lot. Are people allowed to come in and visit the church? Yeah, that they are. The church is open uh, every morning around 8 o'clock and it's closed again around 12. So people can come in. If, if I was around or if Bernard Prendergast was around any time and if he was in the churchyard, if people come around taking photographs, he could bring them in and let them take photographs. But at the moment, with the COVID thing mm. or, and the restrictions that are there, the church is closed up. Okay, let's, let's take a, a walk through. I'm looking for a narrow entrance here. Coming into the main church area. Oh my God, this is absolutely beautiful. Now look, and we're looking up at the east window of the church. Uh, you can see five stained glass windows there. And it was a lady done those stained glass windows. I don't know what, when she actually done them. But locally? No, she's not locally. No, she's not local lady. But each of those, I think there's three of them are her sisters. I know they have beers on them. No, they didn't. Just about to say. But just have to say, and that's how she. And they're more of our of our own family, and the actual stonework around the window is the actual stones that were in the church back in twelve hundred and odd. That is amazing. They're the old stones. Okay, we're walking uh, through. I see some lovely pipes on my left hand yeah, side here. That's the original organ. That organ. You know, that's not used anymore. That organ is not. It isn't working. This one to be used now, that's a new world. That's there for God knows how long he meant. That's there for. And as you look in there into your right hand side there, that's our kitchen, as we call it. But that kitchen was actually a church. There's a chapel, St. Michael's Chapel. Oh, okay. That's what that was called. So walking through the curtains behind the yeah. new organ, and we're coming into this. This is actually St. Michael's Chapel. It's that's gorgeous, it is, isn't it? It's a beautiful, a beautiful place altogether. It's so, like most churches, very tranquil in here, very peaceful, isn't it? It's really, but you come in here in the middle, of, in the winter, and the frost come, you want to be an Eskimo to live in here. I would say even now, we're in October recording this, and it's cold enough in it here now today. It is cold enough, it surely is. It can be very, very cold. And the summertime then, it's, it's the opposite. But that's, what, that's the way it is here. And... We have a window over here. It's called the Tinsley window. That is done by a famous Irish uh, stained glass window man. That window there. Oh, it's gorgeous. That's done by Tinsley's. Oh, okay. That's, that is done by. I'm just kind of working out the size of the church, comparing it to a church that people might know in town, like St. Peter and Paul's. It's about half the size, would you say? Oh, it is. It, it fit, it fit this four or five times in St. Peter and Paul's. I suppose you would. I'm thinking of, I'm forgetting about the width as well. Oh, it is, this is very, very small compared to St. Peter and Paul's. And there's actually none of the original church standing. 
overground. But we're still convinced that that little part there and that part over there, and the, as we're looking at them now, we're looking down the church, down towards the uh, west end of the church. They are on the right-hand side looking down the church, and we're still convinced that they are part of the old, original church. Ah, OK. But if you look through in that one over there, you can actually see what the walls were made of. Oh, you, you can. Look, you look through there, you can see what the walls are actually made of. You can see the stone, can you? You can see the stone, yeah. That you can. Now, is it talks of a tunnel? We'll go down to, that's at the very end. See these brown pillars? Yeah. They were big square pillars when this church was uh, modified back around 1700 and odd. So the church was built in the 12, 1200s? Built in 1200s. And modified in the 17th? Modified around the 17th. It's modified in a few different times. They've done different work here. There was even up here on top, there was a, um, a gallery up on top. No, well, that's, that's all gone. Yeah, yeah there's, no, there's no sign of that at all, no is there? No sign. Only just, if you look down up the top, you see, can you hear me? You can see part of a door. See the, the shape of the door? You can, yeah. Yeah. Oh that was the shape of the door coming in. That's amazing. Yeah. <clears throat> now, with this graveyard, this grave here. There's a grave in the church. There is, oh, there's down along the whole way. This is kind of sunk into the ground here. It is. We ha there, in somebody in their wisdom, could be 50, 60 years ago, decided to put plastic over that. And it, you know, water dripping down on it. Right. Condensation. You could tell who was, what the type of person that was down there by what they had in their hand. That's all gone now. So we, we have an idea. So whoever's down there, was either very rich or very well known. And judging by the size of the grave, not very tall. Well, they weren't very tall back then, this. I suppose they weren't, no. They weren't, no, they weren't mm. very, very tall, no. The, the tall. Most of the tall people that came to this country were Scandinavian in them. Most of the Irish people weren't very, they weren't that tall. So we have no idea who this is, no, but no, they're buried no beside idea. the pillar yeah. at the end of the church. That's right, yep. Yeah. And as I say, there is graves down along the As in underground? Underground, yes. So the church is built on some graves? On top of graves, yeah, that there is. Well, there might be, when the church was built back to 1200, no, back in the old, olden days, they probably did bury rich, you know, the real, yeah. the real gentry and that. Yeah. That's right. That's Wouldn't that's be us, it. George. Wouldn't be us, no. <laughs> it would not. It would not. <laughs> and if you come over here again, yeah. this is the thing I got made. <clears throat> it's one of our parishioners. Well, he's a cat. His wife is a parishioner here. Chris Collins. He lives over the old bridge. Chris is a member of the um, men's shed in Clonmel. And he made up this for us. Beautiful model of the, the model church. Of the church, yeah. That's beautiful. And as you can just see there, look, this is what I got made up for. Tell you about the church. Old St. Mary's is well used in his first mention, which is also the first reference to any building in Clonmel. It's the oldest building in Clonmel. This church is the this oldest church. building in Clonmel. Yep. In, it is in a letter by the, by, the, by the Cistercian Abbot who preached here on the 27th of August, 1228, dedicated to the Assumption of the Blessed Virgin Mary. This church has long been involved in the local and national history. On two sides of the churchyard are the best preserved remains of the town walls, which were established 
in 1298. Councils of Ireland met here in 1381 and 1388. And the parish of Clonmel is mentioned in letters of eight popes from Gregory VI in 1364 to Clement the the seventh in 1529. That is absolutely amazing. Yeah. Clonmel steeped in history. Steeped, it's actually steeped. In, mm. This church is steeped in history. Yeah. This church should be used. It should be, if there's any other big town, you take Kilkenny. Yeah. And it, we have what they have in Kilkenny. And it should, it should be used and not being used. This here gives you. Uh, an, an idea of when the church was made and everything that went on here. It's right at the back of the church. It's like a, a plaque on the wall. It tells you everything from foundation to architecture, clerical personalities, lay parishioners, the town walls. And this one there then will tell you all the different people that were involved in it. Going back to what? 1320. Yeah, 1320. Yep. Up to, 19, right up to 97, 1997. Went up with Reverend, George, Reverend Naud, George Naud. And a lot of people now in Clamwell would know Reverend Naud. I remember George, and, I remember George yeah. in the radio station days. Yeah, he was a magnificent man, a magnificent man. Where is he now, George? Oh, George is dead, I think. Did he pass away? I think so, yeah. May he rest in he peace. Could be, I do, I think lovely man. A lovely man he was, yeah, yeah, that he was. And this then is all, the, this plaque here then gives you the names of different people who died from Clamill who died in the Great Wars between 1914 and 1918. If you do get the chance to pop in, it's well worth a look around the old St Mary's Church. Now, and as I said, down through the years, with people walking some of these graves and that, there's, oh, there's people buried down these, uh, down these graves. Yeah, we've come into the back of the church. There's a, a huge room at the back. What room would this, this porch, have been, George? The porch, yeah. The porch, is it? Yeah, that's what we call this, the porch. And there's porch. graves in the ground. Yep. Yeah. there's graves down on the ground. And as I was telling you about the tunnel I was telling you about. Yes. That's over here. If that slab was taken up, yep. you can go down into where the tunnel is. And they found, they, went, they found two or three bodies down there, dressed in buckskin and armour. No way. The buckskin is still, but the bodies are gone. The bodies are gone, yeah. but the buckskin was there. And when that was found, now I've only told you the other day that, when that when the reason why that is actually closed up, when they did find the bodies down there, and somebody took some of the buckskin, the buckskin away from them, stole them, but it, was, it was eventually got back and put back down there. And that's why that is locked up. Would you know where this tunnel would have went to? I think that tunnel goes right down to the town and comes out below the Friary. And we're told that is where O'Neill and some of his soldiers escaped from Cromwell and went down from here, got up below the Friary and across the River Shore into Warford. And that's how they escaped from Cromwell. Absolutely brilliant. Clonmel is full of tunnels though, isn't it, George? Oh, it is full of tunnels. There's another big tunnel um, going from St Luke's Menton Hospital, down as far as Clamwell Foods. And then there's another tunnel over by um, Arna Greena. Or was, if anybody in town knows where Pollers have got their uh, coal yard over at the, um, the flats, as we used to call them in Clamwell. King Street Flats? King Street Flats. Near where my parents live at the moment. There's a small little farmhouse there. Used to belong to um, Jock Carroll, was the man's name. And just between that and the field, and that's where the tunnel is. 
going from there underneath the road, across the road, down by the flats and down to the, down to the army barracks. Yeah, I think my uncle Jimmy, many years ago, God rest his soul, was in those tunnels getting away from MPs. Yeah, well, we would actually, he could have been, but I was, we used to go down them tunnels and we only going to school, and I'm not much taller now than what I was even then. I was only probably about three foot even then, if I was even that. And we felt, we thought them tunnels were huge, but really they're not. They're only about five foot high and about five foot in diameter. And what was your experience in the tunnels? Was it eerie, they creepy? Eerie, and you're... Plenty of rats. Really? <laughs> Plenty of rats. And you're walking around on water down there because there was a stream, the Bullock was a stream that came down from the, up by the railway track, down that way. And that was it. That was it. Another tunnel above the top of Jock Carroll's field, uh, behind the houses and, the, and above in, um, Griffith Avenue, there's another tunnel going underneath the railway track. There's one heading out towards the Wildy. That's the one. Is that uh, the one? That's the one. That's over by the railway track. Yes. Yes, that's, that's what that tunnel is. But the Wildy, you can... Like, that was... We were all tires and standards, swinging in trees, and <laughs> we more wars and more battles played above in the, wildy, above in the wilderness, <laughs> from the Giant's Rock to only God knows. And as I was, as I was saying to you a while ago, even when the steam trains were coming along, if people can remember the old timber sleepers... We as young children used to lie in between the sleepers and the train would just pass over you. Hang on a minute. Okay, so you lie between the sleepers and let the train roll over on the track. Health and safety, George. Well, we had health and and safety wasn't there then. Insurance wasn't even there. I know it wasn't, but they were were the good days. They were the good days. We could do what we liked and that was it. (laughs) It was brilliant altogether. Brilliant, that's the only thing to say. But this is just... This is my live. This one here, you can see who's buried under. That person is there. See it now. Here lies the body of Captain John. Is it Slover? Yeah. And their son. They're down there. Who died in November the 13th. Yeah. 1734, age 45. Oh my God, died very young. Also, the body of Elizabeth Kenrick, his wife, who died on September the 7th, 1736. There's very few around. Now, I've just come across a grave here, and I've got a double take on it. Why do you think? Because I can see a skull and bones on the front. Any idea what that would be? Well, I don't know what the skull and bones And there's a skeleton on another one. In some of the continent, I don't know whether it's a skeleton or a skull and bones. If they died of the plague, that was put under graves. So the people lying behind here could yeah, have died. They may have, and they may not. I yeah. could be wrong in that. Well, do you know what, George? It's been an absolute pleasure to step into this amazing building that dates back to 1228. Thank you for showing us around. Thank you very, very much. I'm too delighted. The Clonmel Podcast. Thank you, George Hogg, for giving us all the information on St Mary's Church in Mary Street. Love that. Now, here on the Clonmel Podcast, we understand that some people will not be able to make it home for Christmas this year. So we would like to do a small bit to help. Maybe you're living abroad, listening to this right now, or you have family and friends away. Well, why not send them a voice message, which we'll play on the Clonmel Podcast Christmas special on December the 24th. And it's quite simple. Here's what you do. Record your message on your phone and send it to us either through WhatsApp on 089-202-3294 Email theclonmelpodcast at gmail.com or through Facebook Messenger. 
Why not do it now? Makes perfect sense. But just think how nice it will be to hear a Christmas message from family and friends. Now, coming next week... So the water is coming up there through the limestone and through the pencils and uh, little crevices in the limestone so it's filtered and purified naturally as it comes up. So there's great healing qualities and great um, medicinal qualities in that water. That's David from the St. Patrick's World Committee who literally blew me away with some of the history of St. Patrick's Well and Marleyford Lake. That's coming next week. In the meantime, remember to keep it Clonmel and shop local, especially with the run-up to Christmas. Until then, thank Thank you for listening. Look after one another. Stay safe, and I'll talk to you next week. Bye bye. You've been listening to the Clonmel Podcast with Mark Whelan, produced by West Ten Audio Productions. Your town, your podcast.